Morgan and Wednesday Comics. To my right, APAT himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. And to my left, G-Dub himself. How you doing, Garrett? That was such a sad song. Well, we had a couple sad books this week, so I thought I'd play a, a song about the end of the world. We had one book come to an end, and uh, shit got crazy, so I thought I'd, I'd throw it in there. Uh, my name is Marvin. Welcome to Wednesday Comics Podcast, the last podcast and last comic books coming out for the year of 2020, 2021, right around the corner. Uh, this is season four, episode 10, I believe, of the podcast. Um this week we'll talk about books coming out DC twelve twenty nine and twelve thirty. We have reviews of three books that came out last week, and then we will talk about our top five books to look forward to in twenty twenty one. Which, by the way, I will say a little hard. I was looking at information in either not that much new stuff is coming out, or it just didn't interest me at all. So I mean, I think maybe I'm more picking out because there were things on there I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And, but I left it off my list be like, no, I know. I'll pick up one issue and be like, this is not good. Uh, or I'll get not interested within two issues. So I really like looked at something and be like, long term, would I get this book? And that's how I kind of looked at it. But um, I noticed that. We'll talk about that later. Never mind. Remind me about DC Comics later when we talk about the top five. <laughs> uh, before we get there, uh, this is the comic book show in which we tell you the book's coming out this week. Uh, very light week. Uh, I think last week I kind of prematurely said it was a light week. This week really does look like a light week, uh, at least from what I could find. But Alex probably can tell me he has 1,500 books coming out this week, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, Batman Annual, let's get right into it. DC Comics, number five, James Tenney and the Fourth and James Stokey. Uh, this book here, The Origin of the Clown Hunter Revealed. The remedy new vigilante, known as the Clown Hunter, was a breakout star of the Joker War. I don't know. Uh, maybe you say <laughs> breakout star. I don't. I don't hear people talking about the clown hunter. I'll tell you that much. Uh, what's the tragic origin of the teenage assassin? How did his parents die at the hand of the Joker? And is there a place for him to in the evolving Gotham City? Can there be redemption for the infamous clown hunter? Now, I will say I am very interested in this. Not for the James Tinian. Which James Tinian can write good books. That's not, nothing against Jim, James Tinian. Uh, just you know, a little hit or miss right now. But James Stokey is one of my favorite artists, and just looking at the preview for this book, it looks really out there and kind of horror-esque, um, and James Stokey, we know, uh, draws one book a year because it takes him a year, and so it looks like this one, 48 pages of James Stokey, might be a good place to kind of, you know, if even if you've been kind of not into Batman lately and not into Clown Hunter, like I, like I just made fun of Clown Hunter, them calling him the breakout star, I don't know where that came from. Uh, Lighter.com, that's where that came from. And um, uh, But looking at this art, I'm like, hey, I might get this. Uh, it looks like something I might enjoy. We'll see, though. Um, Now that we're going to get into a lot of stuff that's like tie-ins and stuff, that's really only like, there's no actual DC comics come out this week. They're all tie-ins in that annual, so. Um, uh, the last part of yeah, Endless yeah. Winter is coming out. Well, yeah, tie-ins and stuff. So I'm not saying I'm not no yeah, regular book. It's an event. It's not tie-in. Dark Knight's Death Metal number uh, the last fifty-two, The War of the Multiverse number one. Uh, che Grayson, Scott Snyder, Joshua Williamson with Dexter Soy, uh, Alethea Martinez, and Alex Maleev, Scott Kovlish on art. Dan Moore on the cover. You know Dan, <laughs> he's a cover guy this year. Uh, twenty twenty, he was the year of the cover. Uh, Eighty pages. So this is just a bunch of stuff. Uh, Wonder Woman, 
Superman, Batman, The Adam, Lois Lane, Raven, Penguin, John, Constantine, and Swamp Thing all have a story in this book. So if you've been following that Dark Knight's Death Metal, that's where that is. Uh, also, uh, jumping off of uh, Wonder Comics, a special, Ginny Hex, Ginny Hex, by Mendelaine Vis- Visigaro and Gleb Melakov. Uh, so if you've been a fan of the uh, uh, Jonah Hex, here's Jenny Hex. Uh, I believe she's been part of that Wonder Comics, that Bendis kind of offshoot uh, for a little bit here. Oh, yeah, from the pages of Young Justice. There you go. Uh, here's what Garrett was talking about. No, no, he wasn't talking about this. I, no, you were, but which one is this, though? Justice League on this winter number two, Andy Lanning, Ron Mars, uh, Carmen DiGiminto, Howard Porter, Marco Santucci. Uh, I don't see what part it is. Oh, part nine. Here we go. Uh, Justice League, it looks like. We got some Black Adam action. Uh, I'm not going to read the solicit because I'm not cut up and I don't know what's going on, but it looks pretty exciting. Uh, to go along with that, uh, oh, part nine, that must be the end, right? I think there's 12 parts. Nope. Nine. I think it was only nine. All right. Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Dark Knights, Metal Number One, Jack Jackson Lansing, Scott Snyder, Ca- Colin Kelly, you know, Garrett's favorite. Uh Carl Maseret and Trevor Scott. Were those people who took over uh, Green Arrow? Uh they took over Grayson. That's right, okay. Um so they uh it looks like Scott helped them with the story, but they wrote the book. So if you want to get that book, there you go. Oh, did I say what it's called? Die. It's literally called Tales from the <laughs> Multiverse Dark Knight's Metal Number One. So there you go. That's all the DC books. So let's check out and see what's going on in the other world. Speaking of Dark Horse comics, I wasn't, but here we go. Colonel Weird, uh, Cosmogog, number three of four. Jeff Lemire, Tyler Crook, forced by cosmic powers to watch eternity unfold simultaneously. A dazed Colonel Weird wanders days through the counterculture movement of the 60s his own origins in a murder investigation, struggling to find a way out of the pow- pattern. Gary, did you ever catch up with this? Uh, no, I, I've read the first issue, though, and uh, it was amazing. So I'm super excited for issue three and two. Um, I think at this point with three or four and me not even knowing he's coming out, I'll have to read this like in a trade when it gets out. There's this going on right now, and there was the, what's the other one that's going out, coming out right now? Uh, Barbalian Red Planet. Barbalian. <clears throat> And I think I have There's Skeleton Man and Skullboy. What? Listen, I don't know who the hell there's, those two are. There's that Batman esque version of Skeleton Man and Skullboy, or that's coming that's out like, already. It's on like issue six is the next one to come out. And that's Black Hammer. Uh huh. What the fuck? But it's been oh. delayed a lot, oh. so that might be why you've missed it. Have you gotten any of it? No, I didn't even know it was coming out. Oh, for the world of Black Hammer, uh, in February, number six will be out. So I guess number four will be out this month. Dead Biles bodies piling up a young boy's future in the lines. Cold Digger and Detective Ray's confront the psychopath Grim Jim and others in the final showdown that determines the fate of Spiral City. So six issues: Jeff Lemire, Tonic, uh, Yunzik, and Steve Wands ends in February. It looks like here. Have you guys been getting it? <clears throat> no, I told you this this, this Black Hammer thing because they changed it from being like Black Hammer or whatever, and now it's like this little thing at the top. It just says in the world of Black Hammer, and so I missed all these. Oh shit! So no, I, I was getting that. I'm not all the way caught up. I think I'm two issues behind. So you've but... been getting these, Alex, and yet been silent for how long? 
you know what? Because sometimes we look at them and you've probably read them to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, everyone's getting it. Marvin saw Skullboy and Skeleton Kid or whatever it is. And I thought, oh cool, I won't think you anything know, of it. I won't have to say anything. You know, Garrett. Obviously, I need to talk more. Garrett uh, a lot of times says, "Hey, Marty, forgot this book when we're on the show," and I go back and read it. You know, a good buddy. You're, you're, but you, if even if you do say it, I, I may not say anything about it. If you're like, hey. You know what? Uh, well, guess what? Coming out, and like, when a meteor is heading towards the earth, I'm going to say Alex knows it right. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called you know, the sad thing is, I will know it's coming, and and I'll be, you'll tell me anyway. Skull, like, yeah, I already knew that. Skull Digger you know, and Skeleton Boy. No, it's called Skull Digger. So I'll have to read that too. Off. So those three, and prior to that, there's that. What was that Black Hammer book in the past? Quantum Legacy or something? No, no, the other one. Black Hammer, and it had a year. Oh, 19, um, it was World War II, like 1946, 1945. Yeah. Whatever that and the quantum one I have, I just haven't read them yet. So I'm going to have to I read the quantum read. one, but fuck, I'm pissed off. Like, I hate when they're... Just get, it's all right, buddy. You just catch up. All right? Wait till February, and then you get them all at once. I don't even see it on You need to save TV. some time to talk about Marvel Comics, Amazing Spider-Man 55LR, Nick Spencer and Patrick Leeson. Last Remains concludes. The end will make you look at Spider-Man differently, and it'll make Peter look at himself differently. You understand? If you thought the build-up to Kindred was intense, the fallout from Kindred is even more devastating. What do you think about that, Alex? I don't even know. I haven't read any Amazing Spider-Man since before 850. Who knows? It's probably good. I keep getting them. I'm pulling a Marvin here. I'm buying books I don't actually intend to read, but I will eventually get to it. I just don't know when. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's opposite of me. I don't get books I don't read. Well, you used to do that. I used to do that. I used to like get... We went to Applebee's that day and told it we're done with this shit. Yeah, and you went back on your word. Once again. Yeah, I... Now you're lying and... You're holding information. I think that's also called lying, right, uh, Garrett? Uh, omitting uh, the truth. Yeah. Hey, I am going to go back <laughs> real quick though. I did just look on Comicsology. Each issue is only a dollar. Well, there we go. Go back and um, catch up. And there's five issues out. <clears throat> oh, really? So there won't be an issue next month, but there'll be an issue in February. So you can catch up and then read the last issue with Alex. There you know, go. while that meteor. Now coming, that I know what the fuck's going on. While that cool. meteor is heading towards Earth, you both can read it in your bunker or something. So. Here, for now, when I see books coming out, boys, I'll tell you what I know. If it's Black Hammer, at least, let me know that shit. Okay, I'm gonna lay. I'm gonna lay a secret on you. It's not a secret. Uh, Family Tree ends at issue twelve. It does, and we're. I was gonna talk about that later, but what? The whole series? Yeah. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Spoilers. I'm leaving. Spoilers. Sorry, well, I, I mean, when we get to the review, we'll talk about it. But if you go back to our interview, Jeff. I mean, Jeff. Um. Phil. Phil. Uh, I would have got there. Uh, did say it might end at 12. And then Meteor will hit us first. I'll tell you. I, we'll talk about it. Uh, Howard Makey, Ed Brisson, and Javier Satores are doing a book called Ghost Rider Return of the Vengeance Number 1. Now, I saw this on the solicit. Ghost Rider Return of Vengeance Number 1. And it's the one you've been waiting for, The Return of Vengeance. So, Alex, if I told you that, what would you think? Uh, I already knew that was coming out. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, Michael Babilio was a bad dude in life and then he landed in hell, but not just any rung of hell, a layer so deep it's reserved for the special enemies of hell, one where the former spirit of vengeance may suffer for all eternity, as Lilith's gamut against Johnny Blaze and Mephesto for the throne of hell all heats up, you can bet 
other players will enter the arena. And Badillion, Badilliano will find a way to ride again as vengeance. So uh, this will not be Johnny Blaze. It will be somebody else. By the way, looking at the cover, this guy is so buff, this Ghost Rider. I don't think you've ever seen a Ghost Rider this buff. I mean, this guy is on creatine. He's on steroids. Whatever you can pump into a body, he's on. Uh, it almost looks like Spawn Ghost Rider. So uh, four ninety nine for that one there. I, I noticed that actually a lot of these Marvel books are uh, more expensive now. They just changed the price of four ninety nine and thought nobody would notice. Like they're all we always notice oh. <laughs> the line at four ninety nine. Just like this one here, this one right here, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Wolverine number eight, Ben Percy, Victor Bandagovich, Adam Kubert on the cover, celebrating three hundred fifty issues of solo adventures of Wolverine. So you know what that means, four ninety nine. Um, somebody's making moves against Wolverine's old crew, Team X, and leaving bodies dropped and artifacts stolen. <clears throat> a mystery unfolds as Logan picks up a scent for an old compatriot. Um, the mutant known as Maverick don't miss this special oversized issue celebrating Logan's history while kicking off the next arc and serving as a jumping on point for new readers. You know when you want a new reader to jump on, you make the book more expensive? That's how it works out. So, uh, on the cover, which, by the way, is an excellent cover, uh, Wolverine fighting a, a Maverick who looks like a Power Ranger Wolverine, um, and it says celebrating 350 issues of the best there is. Now, notice it says celebrating 350 issues of the solo Avengers of Wolverine. So, I'm guessing they found any series that was Wolverine by itself and were like, this adds up to 350, right? And they were like, okay, here we go. Let's make this 499. They're really grasping. Remember then Spider-Man, they did that back to back. They were like... This one right here, this is, uh, uh, what, a thousand? No, 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 it wasn't a thousand issues. Whatever it, it was, was. It was, well, the 49th right. issue was 850, and then. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then it was 50th or, issue. Yeah. yeah, and 50. And one was $10, and one was $6. They were like, hey, I mean, you can't deny this. this is also a round number. So, uh, the art looks great. This has been a good series, Wolverine. It has yeah. been great, I would say. So, definitely worth the 499. Um, again, not wanting to make that a trend, but the Wolverine title has been excellent. <laughs> and what? Not, not that I want to make that a trend. Yeah, but I, 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 I would dish it out for Wolverine. Well, but, I mean, it uh, looks like that this book, uh, at least this oversized one, you guys will get your normal story. And the reason why it's more expensive in the back, you'll have some, you know, shit they were like, hey, let's put this in the back of a book. It's Wolverine's first issue. And it's like, okay, well. That's the jumping on point for the new readers. So, Wait, I'm confused because we didn't even finish the last arc, though. The last two previous issues took place in X of Swords. <clears throat> Brother, it ma- says... I, I guess we'll find out. It says kicking Never off mind. the next arc, so this is a new one. I know, but I, I'm feeling that that's got to be a load of bullshit right there, but whatever. We'll figure <laughs> it out. Right. So much X-Men came out that they forgot. That <laughs> they forgot they didn't bullshit. finish anything. <laughs> Uh, speaking of X-Men, number 16, Jonathan Hickman, Phil Noto, uh, Exosaurus Fallout, the Captain Commander of Krakoa makes a fateful decision. There's no going back here. You got a buff cyborg, that's kind of cyborg, Cyclops on the cover here. By the way, a lot of buff people, like I'm saying, on these covers of Marvel Comics this week. So, um, even though if you open the actual comic, uh, he is a stick on the cover, buff, so... 
it's from that angle that we're looking at him apparently it is a weird angle i mean he's kind of doing that thrust movement uh you don't really want to look too close at that and he's kind of got the lasers halfway out i don't know how he does it does he just peek through his eyes and it comes out almost but alex what do you think here the uh, x-men 16 you know i'm i'm actually kind of excited i haven't caught up any of the the fallout of x of swords yet but i'm excited to get into x-men x-men still probably one of the stronger books from the series to to grace my hands while i read them in my plastic gloved cotton gloved hands uh but i don't even know if i should be excited or not who knows this fallout could be shit it could just be garbage who knows i think it'll be all right um you know coming from someone who wasn't a huge fan of exosaur like i liked it but it wasn't what i was expecting it to be and so i don't feel like there's going to be a ton of fallout Nothing. Re- I mean, there were some things that happened, but not enough to be like, oh, fuck, these guys went through a lot. <laughs> and let me say this Agreed. about about this issue specifically, about Phil Noto being the artist in this book. Phil, the, uh, for the last couple of years, has been doing a lot, of, a lot of Marvel work, which is fine. I mean, do your thing. <clears throat> but I will say that Phil is not the greatest action kind of uh, artist. He kind of excels in uh, drawing people's faces and doing more kind of quiet uh, comics, I'll say. Uh, and so I really hope that he goes back and starts doing that kind of work uh, rather than, or maybe I've just missed it, but uh, rather than this, because even if you look at the first couple pages, they're very uh, static when I feel like they could be more punched up for the accents on the preview. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'm going to open it and be like, hey, I'm actually wrong. He's actually good at art, at action. But he hasn't been in anything that I've seen in the past. So, Well, I mean, that's all I could find for uh, comics coming out that at least uh, we read here. Um, so, Alex, what do you think is going to be your pick here? A lot of choices. You know, I'm going to go with Wolverine number 8 or 350 or whatever number we're going off of. Uh, actually, a couple weeks ago, I bought the Marvel's Maverick from Marvel Legends, uh, so I'm pretty excited about him. That's Agent Agent Zero uh, from Wolverine Origins, actually, so should be good. Should be a fun little romp. Watch him kick his ass or get his ass kicked. Who knows? Best there is what he does. Garrett? Ooh, I feel like I'm taking ears, Marv, but probably that Batman annual, to be honest, because James Stokey art for a Batman issue should be pretty fun. Uh, I'm going to go with X-Men 16, even though I just said that the artist, I'm not sure does the greatest set action, but like you guys were saying, I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. Um, So, X-Men number 16. Um, Those are comic books coming out for this week. Alex, what about that forecast? What are we looking at? Hot weather, uh, 70s, 80s? Try probably, I'm guessing at least like 60 degrees less than at your minimum of 70. Uh, there's going to be some, some white, cold crap falling from the sky could lead up to probably, I've heard from one to seven inches, you know, uh, you're just going to have to see where you're at. Cause even in our city, it can be one inch, uh, on the North side. And then it can be 12 inches on the South side. You never know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates that was wrapped in tinfoil <laughs> and then just given to you. And you're like, I don't even know. I don't even know if this I didn't know there was chocolate in there. Who knows? Why can't you put your chocolate in tinfoil? I don't I mean, I suppose you could. It's just weird. Why would you waste the tinfoil to put your chocolate in? 
maybe you're at a Ziploc. I guess that'd be like Reese. Uh, yeah, Reese's kid candy, like those fun sizes. I guess they come in that. Never mind. Found a good use for it. Uh, anyway, it's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. Odds are pretty good. You're not going to go to work. Well, unless you work from home now. You know what? Unfortunately, if you have a snow day and you work at home, who gives a shit? You're still going to work. Your job's right there. You know what? I may be I'll dead take tomorrow. It. I'll take it rather than, you know, I'll take it rather than attempting to go out there and have that kind of, you know, you know when you have those snow days and you don't know if it's going to be bad enough to call off things or if it's just going to be bad and you still have to go out, that gut feeling in my stomach, at least I don't have to deal about that tomorrow. All right? And say so that's me tomorrow morning. I think it's going to start at like, I don't know if it was five or six. Six a.m. it says. Oh, I was just checking before that. It's going to suck. Um, which actually is very curious. On the website I usually go to, uh, not a local place, but a, a national one. And Garrett, it's not the one you always uh, uh, attack, um, but it might as well be. Uh, this one here I went to, and for some reason, when I look up the forecast for my area, it says no precipitation throughout the week. But then it says, hey, winter weather, weather advisory, and it says precipitation. So I think somebody's uh, telling me some bullshit over here. Is that Apple weather? <laughs> no, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Oh. It's not the one you always say, hey, because they get it from the Weather <laughs> Channel, and you always make fun of that. That's never accurate at all. <laughs> um, I did see, though, on, on other uh, websites that confirm this, that at least by the weekend, uh, Alex had a warm-up, and that snow will probably be melted, so... Um, you know what? Just you can't hold look up. that far ahead. Just get a hold up. A, I'm pulling a day by day thing. I got to make it through tomorrow because if I'm dead tomorrow, then I don't have to worry about the rest of the week. There is no tomorrow. Yeah, did you hear the song? It's the end of the world. Uh, so I won't even make it to tomorrow. So it doesn't matter. You're right. Okay. Live in the present. Well, you know what? Before we get there, we do have some comic books to talk about this week. Uh, before we get there, though, rainbowcomicsandcards.com, your definitive source for all things comic books. Uh, go there, and you know you can pick up all those Black Hammer uh, back issues that we were talking about. Uh, we haven't been picking them up, obviously, so there's probably a bunch you can pick up. Uh, so our copies are probably sitting over there. Um, also, when we talk about these new comics coming out in uh, 2021, uh, it'd be a good opportunity to give them a ring-a-ding-ding uh, or maybe an email. It is 2020, uh, close to 2021. Probably 2021 when you're listening to this. Possible. Uh, and so you can send them an email. RainbowComicsAndCards.com is the website to get the contact information and get your comic books sent to you. You know what? Um, in this room right here, this uh, studio uh, that has become a remote studio, you know, the main uh, studio. And then right now, Alex and Garrett are at Outpost of the studio. Um, and I'm not sure in their uh, recording studio if they have uh, comics in it, but that smell of that paper. I mean, it's really half the reason to get these books, right? Like, uh, I don't yeah. need I don't need a candle in here. It just smells like paper, baby, P- pulp and paper. It's a nice smell. So, uh, rainbowcomicsandcards.com dot com for more information. Okay, so uh, we had three uh, good. Uh, I mean, before we read them, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not showing my cards too early. What I thought about these books, but. Um, last week when we were talking about what to do for this week, uh, we saw that these three were coming out and we're like, oh yeah, let's talk about these three because, uh, one of them is the end of a series. Uh, another one, uh, was a continuation of a series that we all three love. 
uh, actually two, the other two, but and then one of them, uh, we'll find we found out that uh, it's going to be ending soon here. So let's start with that one. Family tree number ten: Jeff Lemire, Phil Hester, Eric Gasper, and Ryan Cody. Uh, this is the uh, penultimate penultimate issue. Uh, it ends with issue twelve. Now, when I was looking up for comics that come out in twenty twenty one, I did see that too, Alex. When I looked at the February slows, it so I was like, oh, it's ending. Um, and before we get into what this actual book is uh, about and what we think about it. What I was going to say at the beginning of the show is that I remember we were talking to Phil and he said there's some beats they would need to hit and they think that's about three arcs um, and it kind of feels like this is the second arc. Uh, and he did say, though, he does know that Jeff has a way that if he needs to or feels like it's necessary, it could end at issue like 12 or 16. So I'm guessing that's what happened. Um, it was going to go longer, but he's like, nope, this is where the end of the story is. And uh, speaking of which, so in this here we have two times timelines going on. We have the current timeline, which is, I guess, the future uh, from the first arc. And then we have the uh, first arc timeline, which is five years prior uh, in this issue. I will say one thing, especially about Phil's art and Ryan Cody's colors. Um, I just like looking at this book, if that makes sense. Like, there's a lot of panels, especially, like, um, when he's going to the uh, gas station to look for food even then it's just like how the chaos throughout the street and just like the way that it looks and then when he gets into the gas station the way that the shadows work in which phil had said that you know uh eric i think he's inking the book and so sometimes like he really doesn't have to do anything because he sees uh eric does a good job at the shadowing um there's something about this book that just makes you feel like you're there even though the art style is maybe not the most realistic, I just feel like how, I don't know how to say it, like how dirty, how chaotic it is there. What do you guys think? I think when I read this book and I look at the art, it just makes me think of The Last of Us and how uncomfortable I would be in that game and if that was our real life where the trees have now overgrown and this is obviously a different set of trees growing Obviously, when Meg turned into a tree and put out the spores, other people were susceptible to it. And instead of turning into zombies, they turned into trees, which I assume had a hurt like hell. Um, but I just like, even him walking just a mile to the gas station, how long that had to have taken, how 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 nervous you'd have to be. Like The first time I played Last of Us, I was scared every time I walked down the street going, am I going to get attacked by a person? Or am I going to get attacked by a, a creature? Um, what's around the the next turn, and that's kind of what this book makes me feel. And I'm, I'm I mean, that's the way it's supposed to feel. Is that uncomfortable? And it's it's done a well a well done job. <clears throat> I will say to. also, uh, especially Garrett, this issue a lot of the future. I say future, but that's supposed to be the current timeline. But we were we were reading about the past before, so it feels like that's future. So, anyways, in the uh, future timeline, uh, it really does feel kind of like you were saying Alex it makes you feel like you think of last of us it makes me think of walking dead uh the way that is kind That's of That's what I was thinking of for sure is walking dead parallel. But I feel like and I don't know if you agree uh Garrett but in walking dead at least the way that um Kirkman and Allred kind of framed that book was that there were a lot of big open spaces where this book feels claustrophobic in that way like you really don't get a lot of shots that aren't super far away from the characters there's usually a lot of stuff around them. So 
it really does feel like anything could happen at any moment in those situations in which in this issue something it did and uh mom got shot with uh three darts to the arm uh and kind of got you know incapacitated and so it just makes it like it i don't know i think it kind of adds to that that feeling of dread and like i said like that chaos is that also there's so much stuff around makes you feel claustrophobic and you kind of get like that feeling that they're all like stuck in this situation you know what was weird for me this issue is this was like the first issue that you don't hear any of the trees. Yeah. So I think that I think that added to it, added to the claustrophobia and like the aloneness of the story because like you don't hear Judd, you don't hear Meg, you don't hear like anybody. And Judd does talk, but he talks things. he doesn't talk out loud. You don't like you said you don't hear it as we have previously. Right. So that's going to be my question. Can Josh hear the talking? Yes. We yeah, saw that in a previous it as issue. A necklace. I think the last but issue, I, even maybe we saw that. But I guess I guess I, I like Judd. Judd didn't turn into a tree, and he could <clears> hear <throat> Darcy talking. So it really it felt like, like this issue. Tree to tree. It felt like this issue was framed around Mom mostly. Uh, the yeah, future she, story uh, in the back reminded story. me of like Sarah Connor. That's what I was gonna say. You remember when we first started reading this? <clears throat> she almost seemed meek, and you almost seemed like, "How is she gonna protect these people?" And then now, when you see her, especially. In the future one, you're like, that's the girl. That's the girl you got to say next to. You. Like she's going to save your life. And then in the past one, you see how she becomes that way. She's very skeptical of people and already has the chainsaw right to do what needs to be done. And you kind of see her growth into that Sarah Connor kind of uh, persona. And it just made me flash back to issue one. And I remember thinking of like the first arc, kind of being like, did she really know what she was doing? She kind of seemed like she was just running and didn't really know what to do. Uh, really couldn't protect them and uh, the growth of her character since then like you said Garrett Sarah Connor that's what I thought too like uh, mm-hmm. I would you know hey uh, stay behind her she's the one going to help you uh, which actually uh, if we uh, want to stay behind anybody it's we want to stay next to Meg right I mean oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well yeah cause she gets fucked up but she's like go find go by Megan go stay by Megan um, and then they show that last one where they first see that even though Megan's a tree, she still obviously is there. She's, she's setting it, setting it. How do you say that? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she comes alive and kills those soldiers that try and get um, them in the first uh, part. That was five years ago, and uh, uh, like we had talked about with Phil, it doesn't look nice to get a branch through your fucking stomach. I mean, uh, does not look like it. Hurt. I mean, it looks like it hurts. It does not look like it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it does make you think about. You know, here's the thing, and maybe I'm just stupid, uh, but if I am like walking through the woods, the last thing in my mind is that I would fall onto a stick and like impale myself. I would more be like, I'm gonna hit my head on a rock if I fell down. But now, after reading this book, I'm worried about sticks too. I'm gonna get a stick <laughs> through the eye or something like this. Um, if there's, there's nature's knives, sticks and trees are nature's knives. Yeah, I like how you have trees as the knives as well. That's good. <laughs> well, they're the machetes, bigger. So. Okay, okay, they're big swords. Got it. Um, what did you guys think about this issue just overall in the story? Now, reading that it is the third to last issue does kind of make me think like, where is it going to end? Um, and it really doesn't worry me because we've seen Jeff do it before with Royal City, and actually, I think that ended very well. <clears throat> um, uh. 
but this issue did seem like it was building up to at least more of an arc going forward in my mind. It, did it seem like that to you guys, or do you feel like this was close to the end? You know, I, I, I don't think it seemed like it's getting close to the end. Like, you know, I think that is... I know we know that Jeff and the team can, like, finish this book by issue 12, but, like, I feel like it's... I know, like, and I keep stuttering on this. I feel like it's just taking off. And so I'm very surprised and shocked that it's ending with issue 12 already. Like, I literally feel like they just expanded this universe and then it's going to end. So maybe it gets to go back on a shelf for a bit and come back out again. Like, maybe this isn't, like, the finite ending of the entire series. But if it is, I mean... These guys can do it, but I'm just like, wow, I'm just starting to get intrigued with this new world, and then you end it. Like, that's kind of, that's weird for me. So I, I agree with Garrett. I'm not, so as, as the, this issue specifically, I loved. I really thought it was a well-done issue. Uh, and like Mervyn said, and like Garrett mentioned, uh, getting a treat of the gut sounds horrifying and horrible. Uh, I'm guessing you don't die instantly, and you just bleed out on the stick. Uh, whatever. I don't want that for my life. <laughs> but as for the series-wise, I'm I'm almost apprehensive going, oh my gosh, we've got two issues left to wrap it up. And who knows, maybe it's not a happy ending. This whole book hasn't been, uh, hey, look, there's beautiful flowers and they're growing happily. It's, hey, that dude got hung up on that tree and is now dead. So who knows? Maybe it's going to end sadly. And honestly, sometimes that's what a book needs to do, is not always wrap itself up nicely, but go, hey, by the way. Uh, the world turned to shit and everyone died. Well, it oh. does sound like that, Alex, that the world just went to shit and everybody died except for those four people. Um, I guess in my mind, I expected maybe it was it was uh, um, bad on my part to expect it to be different. I thought there was going to be a whole story behind the trees and what they were and about who was left survived and <clears throat> and the government still like is around um, and like the whole story about that. But it seems like maybe like you were saying, it's it's a very smaller story than probably we thought it was going to be mostly about this one family and how you bring somebody, especially in this issue, how you bring those strangers. And eventually I guess um, they become family too and how that works out. So um, like I said, I have no worries that Jeff can finish it in two issues. I was just surprised when I saw that. I was like, Whoa, really? Cause it, like you said, Garrett, it really didn't feel like it was taken off. Like this was like the start of like what the series is about. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. I did tweet at uh, Phil Hester just right now and asked him if issue 12 is the end. So we'll see. He said. He said yeah, because like, I mean, maybe uh, that's going to be Jeff Lemire's new thing. You know, he just does an 80 page finale and then uh, we get like four issues of in one final issue. But I don't know. I didn't. Did you guys see if it was like an extended issue in that? I didn't. I didn't see that. I just <clears> saw that was the series end. Oh, it said series end in the solicit, even. Yeah, it said. Yeah, it said series, series conclusion. Uh, conclusion, wow. the final issue. Yeah, it's still. I mean, it doesn't say anything about being exercised, and it's still three ninety nine. So. Oh man, I'm I'm pretty shocked to be honest. So we'll see. Um, you know what? It was good. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm gonna give it a nine. Man's good. Ooh. It was strong. There wasn't anything that, I mean, the final page kind of surprised me, but nothing mind-blowing out of the whole everything else. You know, honestly, I think I'm going to give it a 7. Um, I enjoyed it, but you know, this was like the first issue back from a minor break, 
And I mean, not that the ending conversation, that kind of bums me out, but I think uh, the issue was, again, setting up some future storylines, but I'm now I'm just a little shocked that it's ending in two more issues. So, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And, you know, the art was interesting because I thought it was like a lot brighter. Um, so that kind of makes it like a torture almost to look at. Cause like, it's like, it's a beautiful world, but the world is shitty because everyone's turning into killer trees. Eggs. So. It does look nice because the plants took back it and there's no more rot, I guess you would say. Swapping. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I see where you're coming from. Um, let's see here. Next book that we, uh, read was uh, Batman White Knight Harley Quinn number three uh, by, uh, here we go, let me get back to the, Katana Collins, Sean Murphy, Mateo Scalero, and Dave Stewart, the third issue, uh, excuse me, the book three of eight, is that right? Seven? When six. Is this? Uh, six? Well, it's six issue run. Okay. Of uh, this side story within the Batman White Knight, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this. I think it's part of the main story. It feels like it is, um, because Bruce is still in here. And the way that the last series kind of ended, um, this feels like the natural progression of that story. Because Bruce, you know, is in jail. He can't get out, so we have to focus on somebody else at least for the intermittent time. So uh, <clears throat> there's uh, the producer and the Scarlet, Starlet, excuse me, are going around killing old stars in Gotham City, old uh, Hollywood stars. Uh, I think they just call them Gotham City stars or whatever. But uh, um, the issue starts with uh, Miss Starlet trying to assassinate the uh, Great Ghost. And uh, Alex, I was thinking about this. Great Ghost in, in the animated series. That's Adam West doing that voice, right? Yes. Okay. That's what I was trying, it to, is, yeah. that's what I was trying to think the whole time. I was like, is that the guy that Adam West plays? Yeah, it is. Um, which, first off, I've been saying this from the beginning, and uh, even issue two had a lot of times where I was like, if Sean Murphy doesn't want to do the series art anymore, which I would feel bad about, Mateo Scalero is not a bad backup. Like, the guy keeps the same tone of the book. It does not feel like the Mateo Scalero that was on Black Science. At least I don't think so. Alex, do you think so? No, no. And honestly, he does such a good job of not necessarily... We're reproducing Murphy's art, but he does such a good uh, good job of complementing what we've already had for sixteen issues. Yeah, and Dave Stewart's colors bring a lot to it, <clears throat> especially like uh, during that opening scene, the opening fight. A lot of it's in black and white because uh, you have the uh, gray ghost and you have a starlet who used to be in old films, so they're kind of framed in all black and white. And the color comes from the action around it, the blood, when the boa knife gets, uh, cuts them. And there's a fire that starts, I remember, and like some smoke. And so, like, and he pulls out a cell phone at one part to like call the police. And like those things have colors, but they never have color, uh, which I thought was an interesting choice to kind of frame it like you're watching basically two film legends fight it out. And for me, at first, you're kind of like, is this fucking real? Is this, what is this? Is this like, they're black and white? Uh, but I think it kind of adds to the artistic um, kind of uh, uh, choice of being like, these two are from a different era and they're fighting and, and they kind of, that's how they kind of look. So uh, we had learned in the last issue, this FBI guy, 
was following Harley around, and so he's on the case now. <clears throat> he has been for the last two issues. And uh, kind of obsessed with Harley. But he thinks, you know, since medical school, ever since he read the paper, he's interested in her to find out, like, oh, you wrote this paper? Let me get more information. And uh, I will say, let me just jump right to the end here. She finds, uh, we, they find a lot of connections to this guy's mom. She was also a starlet. They go over there, and the guy has a lot of connections to this case. So they're like, why the fuck's this guy on the case? And they get over there, and the mom goes to Harley, go, I know the way my son feels about you. And she goes, uh, how do you know he hates you, yada, yada, yada. And she goes, he's been a fan of yours since he was small. And she goes, what do you mean? Harley quit. I know about you. Go check out his room. Go to his room, and we got a we got a systophanic, uh, obsessed guy, Harley Quinn, from carpet to curtains. And she's like, what the fuck? I think he might be right here, Duke. This guy might not be, you know, trustworthy. I think this guy's a fucking psycho. He obviously sought me out. And on the wall, you kind of even see, like, this newspaper clipping of the modern, like, this age Harley Quinn. So he's still keeping up with her now. It's not like this is an old thing. Which, by the way, I saw that on the wall, and I was like, does this guy, this guy live here then? Like, I didn't get the impression he still lived at home, but I guess he must still live at home. Uh, and then it kind of cuts to the closet and the starlet is in the closet and, uh, and then it ends. Do you guys think that's him? I think he's dressing up. <laughs> we got a situation here. Like, uh, like, um, shit. What's that movie called? Hey, what's that? Hey, Gary, you know this. What's the, you know, in Dexter, you watch Dexter, right? No, I never watched Oh, Dexter. Alex, you did. Yeah. You know, season four, Trinity Killer. Who's what's that actor's name? John Lithgow. There's a movie where he plays like a killer. Yep. And he's trying to also like help solve the crime, and he's the killer, and he dresses up like a lady. I think this is what we're go- we got going on here. Who knows? Or maybe it is in that last panel though. That's a, no. It's, it's, it's the starlet. No, he's in that last panel. No, I know, I know, but isn't? Can't you see him through the closet that she's sitting in? No, it's it's Duke and Harley. He oh, mirror, okay. he goes he goes him. he goes. I can't take this anymore because his mom's berating him. He goes, you know what? I need some air. He takes off. Ooh. Oh, that's right. And how would? Oh shit! I like the theory. Like that that would make sense. And like, uh, gotta be honest, there's no way that uh, I saw that kid had like a Harley Quinn like rug in his room i'm like he's got all this harley quinn stuff and then one batman toy get out of town <laughs> yeah, well, there's ice um looks like two batman toys but still yeah there's a batman yeah. mask that he could put on but uh, uh the reason why i think so he's gonna go get some air and then you know he's not there when they find this the the starlet that killer starlet is out there killing starlets and old hollywood stars which this kid didn't like because his mom like that's what took his mom away from him was this kind of old Hollywood thing. And I think the, the thing about the nanny is kind of throwing you off to be like, it's her. And, uh, I don't think it is. We're going to find her in the next issue, you know, dead in her house or something like that. And, and, uh, they, he also, remember she said that he tried to be an actor and he just didn't have it. And so now when he was, when this starlet villain was talking to the producer, he was, she was like, he's like, no, you've been ignored for too long. Now's my time to shine. 
And so I'm like, it, this sounds like this guy. Who knows? We'll see. That's probably a red herring like too it, that it's this guy. But no, nah, see, but I agree because I thought it was the nanny to begin with. After we had that la- nice little flashback, but it would make sense that it'd be him. The thing, see, and the his, thing is his spitefulness towards starlets. And I think if you guys would agree, if this was any other writer, I would be like, they're both red herrings. It's gonna be something we, we don't even know about yet. But I think Sean has been pretty good about making it pretty logical and not just be doing it for the twist. And if you find it out by now, you find it out by now. Like you said, it's halfway through the series. And I like the mystery is not really uh, that intriguing that you're like, oh, who is this? Because we don't know anybody in this fucking world, really. Uh, It's more about Harley and how she's coming to terms with, you know, moving past the Joker and becoming somebody on her own that can still contribute to society. And she wants to. Uh, and so the story's not really about the starlet and the producer. It's more about Harley Quinn, which, um, you know, makes sense. The book's title about her. And so like, I don't think it really is hedging on that being a huge mystery. So if they do reveal it next issue, it wouldn't be that surprising to be like, okay, now that's out of the bag. Let's move forward with the story. And so I'm basically just saying like, if it is the nanny or this guy, um, uh, Quimby, then, uh, it, it, I would be like, yeah, of course, because that's what Sean and uh, his wife would have done was the most logical answer. They just wouldn't pull something out of their ass and be like, hey, remember uh, this guy from the first series? Be like, no, he wasn't in any of these issues. (laughs) Lady Bane? He wasn't in any of these issues. I'd be like, oh, no, it was Neil Joker the whole time. Be like, fuck off. If it it turned out to be Neil Joker, I'd be like, fuck you. It's going to be be somebody we recognize. I I feel like it's going to be someone we recognize or like... I don't know. I like the idea that, yeah, he's dressing up as the starlet and then, like, the babysitter, maybe that's his inspiration for what he dresses up as. Dress to kill. That's what it's called. Oh. John Lithgow. But, uh, yeah, I thought this issue was really great and, like, um, you know, for some reason... Oh, excuse me. I don't mean mean to interrupt you, but I made a mistake. It's not John Lithgow that dresses up in in, uh, women's clothing. Uh, It's Michael Caine, so... Oh. So go ahead. Um, I was going to say it was interesting that there's kind of a flirting uh, relationship between Harley and Quimby. So, which is odd because, you know, it looks like based off the previews at the end, the black and white previews, we're going to see Bruce uh, in jail next issue. Um, So, yeah, I feel like that we're meant to believe that Quimby is involved somehow, but that, that, like you said, Marvin, that's probably a red herring, but... There's something out there about Quimby and his uh, nanny that is, yeah, we'll find out next issue. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think the art was really good. And uh, we're definitely getting down to the to the bones of Harley and kind of this universe is Harley. Like, I like those flashbacks with Batman and her. And, like, you kind of see the development of their relationship in this universe um, as the antithesis of her and uh, Jack's relationship. So... It's been a lot of fun so far. Um, I think I'm sad. I'm almost sad yeah. that this book is halfway done. Yeah, because I have really enjoyed it, and I think in part of that I just want to be in the White Knight universe all the time. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. That one's also disappointing that we're halfway through it. Um, I do, I do uh, really enjoy where we're at right now, and I do feel like there's still a lot for this book to offer. Uh, and three issues is enough, I think, for them to satisfy uh, 
the series needs. <clears throat> and so I'm not too worried about it, but um, I really love the series. Like it definitely should have been uh, higher on my list of the top five books last year. For, um, but we only had two issues. And so my weird head was like, I don't know, I can't do it. Um, but uh, it really is something that I think, if especially if you've been reading White Knight and you think this is just a uh, spinoff and it's not important, like this is necessary to that whole story, I feel like. So uh, I'm going to give it a 10. I really love this issue. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, I liked it. I thought the art was good. But I, I'd say the one detractor is there are a lot a lot, a lot of conversations and speech bubbles. So I would like turn the page. And I'm just like, oh boy, wall text. Um, but it was all good information. But there were some points I was like, I had to reread the page because it's like there's just so much text. Hey, by the way, before I forget, when I was looking up the books of 2021, there's a book from Scott Snyder coming out from Image Comics. Did any of you guys put that on your list? Uh, I don't think so. no. Okay. So let me talk about it now. I forget what it's called. I even forget who the artist is on it. Dave, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, not David Finch. The other guy who draws muscular men. Um, Finch? No, 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 no. It's, maybe it is David Finch. I don't know who it is. Anyways, um, what you just said, Garrett, I opened up the previous look at it, and holy shit, how many word bubbles were... It was like a it, text uh, uh, maze in there there were so many word like how to get around all these bubbles and i just that like i was like oh scott doing an image book all right the concept sounded cool enough even though it basically was pitch black uh that movie <laughs> um, oh really uh mm-hmm. and but then i saw the preview and that's what turned me up and like no fuck that it was all those speech bubbles so uh, yeah nothing's worse than a scott snyder let off his leash so it's uh that's when we that think goes. of that i was like ooh, i mean any other I mean, I don't know. There's something about, especially being somebody who's, you know, gone through a lot of comics and and looking back. And Alex, maybe to your point, you were talking about earlier about dropping books when you should, if you're not reading them, because obviously you're not interested in them. Um, When I open a book and I just see like it's text upon text about text, I just think to myself, this person does not understand how this medium works. Uh, and maybe they do and they're just being self-indulgent like you were saying uh, uh garrett and uh i just at this point i cannot <laughs> like i don't i don't want to put any more money into getting those kind of series so uh the moment i see that in preview you know if i'm excited for it I'd be like oh sorry can't do it can't do it that's literally why i almost dropped department of truth uh was the last issue so hopefully this next issue of that isn't like the recent issue that came out three or four. So, you know, the, the opposite of that and letting the art tell the story sometimes is a book called Gideon Falls. Hey, Alex, did you give it that one last one already? No, no, I had, uh, I'm going to go with the nine. Really, really, really good. Uh, not perfect, but amazing. Uh, Gideon Falls, number 27, the finale, uh, era, Andrea Sorrentino, Jeff Lemire and Dave Stewart, Dave Stewart again. Um, uh, he would have been three for three, but Ryan Cody's doing the family tree. But, you know, it's two out of three. Two big books here, so. Uh, the Let me ask you a question, Alex, about this cover. Yeah. Um, does that cover bother you because you don't know whether or not it's legitimately scratched or if it's the actual comic? Uh, it did drive me crazy when I looked at it because there was white markings on the side. I was like, okay, is this damaged or is it okay? <laughs> Literally the uh, first thing I thought when I saw the book, book called... I was like... 
Go ahead. Realm that did the same thing where it had like dents in the book, but it was just in the artwork, which is great. It looks fantastic, uh, but also bugs the shit out of me. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw this cover. I was like, oh, geez, I know Alex could be like, is this real or is this part of the cover? Especially like where they placed it because that's where it would actually happen on a comic. Uh, and so it's very hard to tell. Uh, like I said, last issue, this book is called The End, hence the song at the beginning, the end of the world. Um, I was going to play The Doors, The End, but I, that song is overplayed, so I played it differently. <laughs> uh, speaking of a comic book that lets you, the art, tell the story, this one certainly does, even though this book is, what, 80 pages? Um, how many pages I got here? One of, let's see here. Yeah, uh, looks like, um... 80-some pages, yeah. Uh, this book uh, didn't take that long to read because most of it is the art. And Andrea Sorrentino, uh, if we know what kind of art he does also, a lot of big pages, a lot of pages that also like have unique kind of paneling uh, that kind of draw your eye and kind of take you on like the feeling that the character is feeling through. What I mean by that is like if a, if a character like kind of falls, the panel kind of falls with them which is kind of cool. Some other things later, like a waterfall, like the panel was the waterfall. Uh, If you've read any Sorrentino in the past, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I read recently in an interview that Jeff said that he gives Sorrentino a pretty much do whatever you want with the panels for this book. So full credit to Sorrentino on the kind of layout for this book. So uh, this is the end. This is the end, my friend. Uh, I will say this about this book. This book, I feel like on the second read-through, uh, I'm going to love this book. I feel like that there's been a couple uh, times in which issues didn't come out on time. Uh, and then, uh, especially like this last one, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of like, it also doesn't answer every single question that's had. I feel like there's a lot of things, especially with the ending of this, you kind of kind of take it in one or two ways if you want to. Uh, and um, I love that kind of ending where it doesn't really tell you what happened you kind of have to uh put things together and figure it out um i did enjoy this issue especially compared to i think the last issue i wasn't really too hot on uh i did enjoy this issue um but it didn't kind of it was more somber than a big finale that, that i thought it might be so uh what do you guys think i thought it was trippy as shit it was very trippy. <laughs> like, it, like the issue was fine. Um, I actually was thinking about this on the on my evening walk with my dog. Was that I I wish that this last ten issues was a quarterly thing where we got eighty pages, had a couple months to digest it, and got a good chunk of story, and then we went back into it the next time. I feel like, and honestly, this year has been just a shit fest, being the pandemic and. And books not coming out for three months, so obviously we're we were already behind, um, and not even like I wanted more. I I do like a book that lets you kind of decide how the ending really does play out. But I also, if you're going to write a book, you might as well just finish it and tell me what I need to know. Um, I I agree with you, Marvin, as well as I think the second time I read it, when I read it binge bingingly, it's going to be amazing because I'll have everything already laid out for me. And I will not necessarily know what to expect because I would kn- I know I will, but it's all going to make sense and not have uh, six months of waiting for something to happen. Yeah, I uh, 
you know, I agree with both of you. Like, I think a second read through, like, that's what I thought, like, Paper Girls, like, so much would make sense because everything would be fresh in my memory. Um, Because there was definitely some things that I, like, have forgotten throughout the reading of this over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, when I got through the mindfuck, that was the melding of the realms and the multiverse, uh, which was very well done by Sorrentino. I mean, like, to be able to follow that art uh can seem very challenging and kind of could be a headache but the way Sorrentino does it it it's kind of like there is create there's an organization of the madness but it's madness you know um so that was fun to follow and you know the core essence of this book it is a horror and so I thought the ending a uh, couple of pages was done beautifully uh, how a book like this should end and i was just like when i got to the last page i was like oh fuck like yes here we go um so i, I thought it was a decent conclusion um uh, you know you don't get all the answers which that can be good or bad and i really wanted them to explain a little bit more about the five operating the time travel machine um, and I get it that time travel already or multiversal travel is already a tough concept to cover. So, you, you know, I got the impression that <clears throat> so that part was part of it. I think you kind of have to like figure out on your own. And uh, I get the impression that basically this whole thing is just like a loop. Like no matter what you do, it's always going to start back up again, which I think the ending kind of leads uh, credence to that theory that no matter what you do, evil still is going to be around and it, it will still keep trying to come back and so the five are only the five because they've always been the five like if that makes any sense like they went back to the past and kind of been like they were the people let's start this before even let's stop this before it even starts they go back to the right at the beginning and so i was like in a way they're only involved in the story because they've always been in the story um and so like in that way it's kind of like well you know you know chicken before the egg what's going on here the grandpa kind of uh theory you know you kill your grandpa does that mean that you never existed then did your grandpa never actually die you know and so i there's a lot of like like i said there's a lot of good things in this comic that really make you think and really make you be like what is going on and i think for that reason this book succeeds in being a book that you know, when you go back that second to third time and you take it slow and you kind of read it, it's worth it for uh, the first couple arcs of being like, what is going to happen next? And then the art, uh, as you were studying, Garrett, I think he does a great job, Sorrentino, of showing you how everything's getting fucked up in the meld. Um, by the way, I was going to ask you, Garrett, what do you think about the upside down pages? Uh, you know how much I love those. <laughs> Um, so that, uh, did kind of annoy me. You know what? Um, I still, I, I took a deep breath and I just read it and I was like, okay, that was fine. The good thing is do that. There's not many words on those pages that are upside down. And so for that reason, I kind of was still reading it upside down. I didn't turn the, the, uh, my device over to see it the right way. So, but then I was reading it from the top left to the bottom, and I was like, "What the fuck? None of this makes sense." And I was like, "Oh shit, you're reading it wrong, dude." Uh, and then it made sense. Um, yeah, it definitely changed. Like you know, when you flip it upside down, you think you're reading it like, "Oh, everything's backwards now." But then you're like, "Oh wait, but no, it's at it's on the page you were just on, just flipped upside down backwards." So it was just like, "All right, we get it. Everything's fucked." I will say on uh, 
the page with the reunion of uh, the daughter, son, and father, and they hug and embrace, and it's kind of just like them embracing a white background with like an orange kind of hue around them. Uh, it's probably the nicest thing Sorrentino's ever drawn because usually he draws violence very well, horror stuff very well, uh, gross stuff very well. And so when I saw that band, I was like, that's the nicest thing that guy's ever drawn. Like, it's very heartwarming. <laughs> like, that's a thing you could blow up and put on your wall. Like, even though uh, my family doesn't look like that, that's a nice family picture of them embracing each other, especially if you know, like, what the dad's been through, uh, almost dying and then also losing his son for so long. Uh, it's a nice panel. But then quickly, um, that fucking huge thing comes out of the water. Uh, critch, 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 critch. Um, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that sound effect. Like, it's the worst. Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> universe eating demon monster whatever the heck this thing is uh and then yeah things get fucked up and uh there's even a, a panel right where the they uh fall out of the comic book which you're kind of thinking being like what the fuck is going on but the comic book i guess would be another realm that they could be in so um like i said a lot to digest and so it's very hard for from this perspective to be like as a as a quick one off, like as a, not quick one off, but as a quick like glance at this ish last issue. Not saying I rushed through it; I definitely did not rush through the last issue. Um, but just for the first read through, uh, I enjoyed it, and it actually was uh, better than I had expected. Um, I will say something that was kind of weird. I don't know about you guys. Remember those those two pages? It's a white page, and then a white page with like scribbles on it that's like out of focus. What the fuck was yeah. that? Was that supposed to be in the comic book? <laughs> I don't get it. Isn't that the first couple pages? No, no, it's later in the book. Between the finale, like the finale and the epilogue, basically. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe it could have been like eyes opening almost without any focus. Like you're just seeing the light and you're opening your eyes, and then it finally clears out. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. The scribbles look very. Very uh, childish, if I'm going to say that. It doesn't look like Sorrentino's art. It looks like the Jeff Lemire was like, hey, uh, give my son over there a pencil. He's going to draw something. And that's what it is. It's, it's, I don't know. It's very strange. I have no clue what I'm looking at here. And maybe you're supposed to. But you know what, actually? Maybe you're supposed to read it upside down. See, now, oh, I, shit. I, I really enjoyed the upside down stuff, but I still. Issue 5 of Batman from New 52 is still one of my favorite issues, because when you are going crazy, everything just gets turned around. And I understood this was kind of your upside-down story part, but I actually really enjoy when a book almost makes you have to pay attention and make you turn it upside-down or over. Uh, Other than there's also a book that I I strongly disliked that made me turn it, and I hate that book. So I'm talking about you, Batman Superman. That was shit. (laughs) <laughs> you know what, actually, I'm looking at this now, and um, he does say uh, at the end here, like, he, he goes, you ever forget about something you thought was really important you're supposed to be doing? And so these the white pages and then scribbles with the white kind of autofocus, and then all of a sudden you see, um, what's his actual name? It's not Norton Sinclair. Danny. 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 You see a full page of Danny just looking up to the white uh, top left and then it cuts to him and his sister talking. She goes, hey, you still with me? I'm thinking maybe that's what's happening is that the world 
resets and this is the new universe that they're in and so like it was like rebuilding itself that's kind of what it looks like now i'm looking at it um by the way he calls his sister angie is that a mistake or what's going on here i got confused by that too but then like literally the next page he calls her uh carla again yeah or whatever her name is do they merge together or something clarabelle yeah yeah but he but he calls her angie yeah he says you're harley old angie and then the next page, he uh, says, uh, you have to stop worrying about me, Clara. He, she goes, I'm your big sister. It's my job. Maybe it's a typo then. I think it was. I don't, I, don't know. I don't have my book in front of me to look at it. Anyway, so we have that whole scene, right? And then uh, one of the last panels has that kind of like the red outline kind of like goes off panel a little bit. And that happened before. <clears throat> before that big uh, monster showed up, you know, crutch, crutch. Uh, and then instead, he kind of like looks towards the trash, goes over there and picks up the uh, a piece of the black barn and then smiles. And it says the end. So, I mean, in my theory, it doesn't mean that I think in the universe that we saw, like everything was solved there. And then it was re- reset. And like I was saying before, I feel like it's a loop. And they're back at it again. Like, here's the start of another loop. Um, but who knows? Like I said, you have, I have to go back and read it and see if that theory holds true or not. But uh, I re- like I said, really enjoyed it. Um, a lot to digest. Uh, it kind of it could have been a slog. I don't feel like it was a slog, especially with a lot of it told just through art. Um, there's just a lot of connective things that you're kind of not sure about. And like Alex was saying, you know, it's it's... It's nice to have definitive kind of answers, especially, you know, when you were reading for or watching something for so long to have some definitive answers. I just don't know whether or not, like, what answers I would have wanted. Um, the things that I got from it, like, at least what I think happened are good enough for me. So, I mean, I guess the, the, like, the way the universe, how they time jumped or how they realm jumped or whatever you want to call it. I think the thing um, is, I mean, it makes sense that, that nothing would ever finish, that they're always in this loop. They're always in this groundhog's day of shit here's the thing so, though and, and, i think i'd rather him them never explain it than have a whole page of exposition and be like here's what happened uh which i hate in comics when they do that anyways or any kind of media um when they just explain what's going on i'd rather them you, them just be like you know what it's time they time traveled figure yeah, it out take it or leave it yeah well and i feel the same way about the time travel thing an aspect of i don't need to know how it works uh just just that's what they do whatever yeah, cool. I, I feel like the art did a really good job, especially at the end of kind of explaining the time travel in a vague sense, like where we meet like Norton Sinclair and like when he's going to turn on the machine for one of the first times, which needs to happen for everything else to follow uh, that powering on of the device. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to give it a seven. Like I, I left it being like, that was interesting, but I didn't leave it being like, that's one of the best endings I've ever read. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, would have liked some more answers, but didn't need all of them answered. So, I don't know. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, it was decent. I need to give it an 8 for art. Art was fantastic. Uh, actually, when I turned that page and saw the big old smiling man's face, uh, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. But I... I this this issue didn't not that I wanted answers. I wanted the definitive 
end of a story. And I'm okay with what we got, but it's just not as satisfactory as I had expected it to be. Um, but it also leaves leaves me to want to read it again. So I guess there's there's I think, that. I think the only definitive answer. I think the only definitive answer, Alex, that I want is at the end. Is that a printing error, or the is that part of the story that he calls her Angie? <laughs> like that's that's something I would be like. Can you just tell me that, please? Like if it's just an error, that's fine. But also, like, don't make me think that they merged together. Like what happened there. Um, especially if we're not going to get another part of this. Um, I'm with Alex, solid eight. Uh, I think I could push it to a nine if uh, I reread it. So it really is on that teetering edge. Um, but an eight, it was an eight issue overall. And I think actually a fairly strong ending to this series. Like I said, it, c- it could finish in a way that's just like, here's all the information. Here's a clear cut thing. Uh, which makes sense for some books. I think Royal City was one where it gave you a solid feeling of conclusion, um, which felt correct for that book. And then you get some books like this where the whole time it's been kind of uh, fucking with your head. And so the end, he's just like, you know what? More fucking with your head. I'm not going to you know, solve this for you. Uh, here's all the stuff. You get to be as confused as Danny was when he fucking thought he was somebody else. So here you go. Because um, like when we first meet everybody, they're all confused on what their new world is and they eventually learn that they've done this before and they're always going to do it. And then we're back to them not knowing anything again. So I think it's in a way it's kind of poetic that we feel the same way. So, uh, you know, the one thing I, I think the one book I've yet to read to find a, a horrible, not a horrible ending, but just a, a somber, uh, sad ending. I'm actually hoping that family tree is that book where I get to a book and I am so unsatisfied because my heart is broken. <laughs> Why do you want to hurt yourself? That's what, that's what I expect from this book. Why do you want to cry? You know what? You I don't know. After you know what? After watching Wonder Woman 1984, and I watched. Let's the whole not thing, get into it. Let's not get into it. You don't want to. I'm hear just my telling you, there were tears that came down this man's face. Oh, okay. Um, with uh, the renouncing. Uh, it was like within the last like ten minutes of the show. Yeah, it was with that character. With the the last renouncing. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Did you watch Soul yet, Alex? Uh, my wife and I got about halfway through it. Soul will make you cry at the end. I'm there, sure it will. Watch Soul. That'll break your heart at the end. <laughs> um, I watched Mulan also over the break. And uh, yeah, some uh, animated movie shouldn't be remade. I have, no in- I have no interest to watch the new Mulan. That made you cry? Was- that make you cry, Garrett, just because you had to watch it? Um, no, I was just like... It takes the melding of a metaphor way too much, too far. So, and there's no Mushu. I mean, come on, come on. Roots of the Swamp Thing dot com, definitive source for all things comic books. Nope, not for comic books, just swampy. Uh, you bring them up now. I just realized I usually just do them at the end of the show, but you know what? Going to start doing them after this segment. Makes more sense to me. Feels right. Uh, Roots of the Swamp Thing dot com. Go there for more information on the Avatar or the Green. If I go there right now during the show, rootsofthe I go and see uh, an article about the Kenner figures. Holland Falls number five, that time of the year again. We'll be shipping a little later than usual, but it will help to uh, usher in the new year. And then an original Hindi Swamp Thing story. Those are the top three stories right now on rootsofthe By the way, if you haven't got the Holland Files on order, uh, go ahead and get those. And I see here he has back issues available. Um, while supplies last, so go ahead and get that very nicely put together. That that uh, nice zine 
The Holland Files International. There you go. Uh, here we go. Top five books we're looking forward to in 2021. Like I was saying at the beginning of the show, uh, I don't know if I'm just more picky or nothing really good was on my radar. I'm sure you guys will say some books and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I saw that too. And I should have put that on here. Or I didn't see something and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That would be my top five. But, you know, these are the five that I saw. I am very curious on uh, a lot of these five. I will say, like, what's the way, right way to put this? Um, this top five would be like, I am excited on these for their potential. I'm not saying that these are going to be the best books uh, that come out next year. Uh, I'm not saying, like, they uh, have good teams i mean they actually do have really good teams behind them but i'm not saying like these are guaranteed to be good i'm saying that i saw them i saw the concepts i saw the art i saw something about it that i liked and i was like okay this excites me for 2021 so um let me first give a, a shout out to a book that i didn't know whether or not to put on my list i went back and forth back and forth uh because uh not only has this team once failed me but this writer has a couple times and uh, so I didn't put it on my list, but I saw that Brian Michael Bendis and David Marquez are doing Justice League. And I was like, ooh, do I put that on the list? Do I not? Uh, so that's a maybe. We'll see if that, how that shakes out. Uh, when I saw that, Marvin, I was like, fool me once. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, okay, I'll wait till the reviews come out and be like, is that worth it? Because uh, that team could do excellent work. They have in the past. But then I, re- you know, I read Defenders, so you know. Uh, when was the last time that they did something really good together? Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Marquez was. But on that there? was a that was a long time ago. Yeah, after Sarah Pacelli left, it was Marquez. Okay. Hmm. That was a so long. I haven't time I haven't read anything that Bendis has done really well in a well ever. So other than <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man, I'll give that one credit. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my first pick on here, number five, Ultim- Ultra Mega by James Harden and Dave Stewart. Um, James Harden did the uh, Romo book, uh, Alex, that we got. And the Dave Stewart, you know him from everything, uh, doing colors on everything. <clears throat> it's going to be every issue is extra size. The first issue is 60 pages. It's basically Cosmic Plague has spread, transforming everyday people into violent, monstrous ka- uh, kaiju. And three individuals who have powers are holding the line against this madness to fight them. So um, I really enjoy James's art. And just looking at the preview, it looks like it's uh, super violent. Uh, and for that kind of book, that you know, that kind of makes me excited to read this. So Ultra Mega is what it's called. Hmm. I like that. Sounds good. Alex, what's your I'm going to go with, I'm uh, oh, sorry, I'm going to go with Swamp Thing. By uh, Ram V and Mike Perkins. I didn't see when this necessarily. I know it's 2021. Of course, none of these dates have any have any meaning March. until they actually hit the stands. What? It's March when it comes out. It's March. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know what? Honestly, I've never gotten a Swamp Thing book that I've lasted long enough in getting. Especially with New Fifty Two, I never did get that. That was when Marvin just first introduced me to books, and I was like, "Ah, this is all garbage." It wasn't. I, I was wrong. Uh, so I want to give this book a try. And of course, you know, the Swamp Man himself is going to be reading it. So if we bring him on the show, I want to sound like I'm kind of smart. <laughs> uh, I'm see, being selfish. that was an honorable mention for me because I saw it's 10 issues. I'm like, why can't this motherfucker get it ongoing ever? Yeah, but you know what? If if enough motherfuckers buy a book that uh, is only 10 issues, I'm like, holy shit, this book is blowing up. 
Let's keep it going. So when someone goes, hey, it's only 10 issues, fuck that shit. Garrett, I'm talking about you. Pick this book up. Maybe it'll go longer. I am going to get it, but I've, <laughs> it didn't make the list because of that fact. Like, 10 issues? Get out of here. It, it was that for me, too. It's not on my list, but definitely was a book. I was like, I'm going to get that. So, um, by the way, you could call on, on saying when it's coming out. Uh, Alex, March for that one. And then the Ultra Mega is also March. So, uh, both books in March so far. Uh, Garrett? Uh, my number five is Radiant Black from Igen, from Igen, Image Comics. We sing her there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it is written by Kyle Higgins and art by Marcelo Costa. Um, you know, I think uh, when Kyle Higgins does his own independent work, um, you know, especially with superheroes, it's really exciting and a lot of fun. I'm like, you know, thinking of Cowl and. You know, not really superhero related, but Hadrian's Wall. And I think it's been a while since I've read anything by Kyle Higgins. And, you know, I'm, I've always been a fan of his. Uh, you know, he's not really a man of the long, long ongoing series. So it would be interesting to see if this one makes it at least past 12 issues. But uh, I read the preview at the end of, I think it was Family Tree. Uh, 10 is that where the yeah it was, was? there yep yeah yeah. That. yeah and i enjoyed it and i thought it was like an interesting concept and the art <laughs> looks really good so heck yeah kyle higgins on a superhero book i'm in uh <clears throat> issue two here says the finale i'm just kidding um holy fuck i was like well god damn it tonight's uh, a <laughs> uh that kyle comes, higgins, that two issue man that I'm first bye guys <laughs> that first issue comes out in february so there you go uh beginning of february uh, my number four is also a book comes out in March from the same kind of window that uh, Alex was looking in for Swamp Thing. Uh, DC is uh, like basically doing a soft reboot in March with new titles. And uh, uh, mine comes from that. It is uh, Tim Sheridan and Rafael uh, Sandoval on Teen Titans Academy number one. Uh, basically is the old Teen Titans. You know, you got Nightwing, you got Starfire, you got uh, Raven, Beast Boy, Cyborg, and... Uh, Diana, no, Troy, no, 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 Wonder Girl, Donna, uh, Donna. Oh, Jesus! Um, <laughs> teaching the next, you know, academy of superheroes, and that concept concept is really intriguing to me. I really enjoyed, you know, that Wolverine and the X Men book that came out that was very similar to that. And uh, I've been uh watching a lot of Teen Titans uh, Go. I know it's not going to be funny this this comic book, but uh, those characters have grown on me. And so I'm excited to take a look at that book. Plus, I mean, Rafael Sandoval is a pretty great artist when he was on uh, Green Lantern. Um, I really enjoyed that. So I'm looking forward to that book. Uh, you know, Nightwing. Can't, can't miss it. Plus Cyborg. Plus the Cyborg in this comic is kind of slimmed down. He's not the super buff uh, guy. So I, th- I thought that that look was intriguing. I didn't know the other one sounds good. <clears throat> I like that. I like Beast Boy. Actually, if they just made a Beast Boy book, I'd be sold. But I don't think he could stand on his own. Would so. they call it that? The Beast Boy book? BBB? I hope so. Three I hope it would be that tacky. <laughs> the Beast Boy book. All right. Sure. Hey, by the way, did um, you know that Guy Ferrari's show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, that people just call it Triple D? Did not know that. I found that out. D-D-N-D? I found that out by watching Guy's Grocery Games. And they call that show Triple G, because he had a he, on his show he had Triple G versus Triple D. So, wow, yeah, well, damn, there you go. 
those are unoriginal titles after you got past the triple D and then the next one's triple G. Hmm. Yeah, and this Beast Boy book didn't, is triple B. Didn't break B. the bank for that one. The Beast Boy book, triple B. Go ahead. You know what? BBB. <clears throat> uh, my number four is going to be Deep Beyond by Mirka Andolfo. Yeah, Andolfo. I make sure I said it right. Uh, and David Goyen, artist is Andrea Brocardo. Comes out in February. Didn't even have to look at it. I saw uh, a pretty space suit on the cover. Uh, I got Unnatural. I got Mercy. I was like, you know what? Mercury and Dolfo and I, we, I get her books all the time. Let's just keep on it. Let's get it. Let's do it. 12 issues. Unnatural was fantastic. I haven't finished Mercy yet, but what I had read for the first three issues was awesome. So I have a feeling it's going to be a well-done book. Get it? Um, my number four is Nightwing 78's uh, new creative team. We got Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. So the Injustice slash Deceased creative team. Uh, I'm so excited for this. Uh, a, Nightwing. It's Dick Grayson. No, no, no more of this Rick shit. And uh, I know that this, or at least Tom Taylor's run, is going to be heavily involved with uh, Dick and Barbara. So, uh, Batgirls. Oh, so I am so pumped for a good Dick book. All about that yep, Dick. No Rick. I've been waiting for that the whole time. <laughs> Um, Dick no Rick. Did you see that they're rebooting Suicide Squad? Speaking of Tom yes. Taylor, yeah, I did for a whole like a really shitty team that doesn't look as interesting. <clears throat> uh, and it's kind of more focused around Peacemaker. But I I just find that funny that they canceled that book and then due to sales and then they're like, hey, let's start it again. Like, yeah, I, I think I even said on the show, I mean, like that thing's gonna come back. Like, why would you cancel it? I guarantee you anything, they reboot it, and that's what they, exactly what they did. So Yeah, they're trying to uh, ramp up Peacemaker because he's going to have his own TV show on HBO Max and all that. Yeah. See, my thing is that I'm, like, I'm going to get the Future State stuff when it comes out here in January just to just to get Suicide Squad, but I'm not going to jump on the Peacemaker bullshit. They had an amazing book with Tom Taylor. I don't need I don't need to fill that void with something you else. You don't want to see uh, as good. John Cena? I like John Cena. I don't think he's going to show up in that book, though. And if he did, I wouldn't be able to see him, so it wouldn't matter. Um, my number three is a book that has a very good chance of being on Garrett's list also, maybe, possibly. Uh, Star Wars High Republic by Kevin Scott and Arnold and Dito. Uh, it takes place before episode one, and I'm really on a Star Wars kick. You know, Mandalorian season two just ended, and uh, I really love that whole second season. And uh, I saw that was coming out, and as part of their announcement, doing the whole thing about the High Republic, and I was like, "Well, uh, that looks like it is going to be good." And so I want to check it out. So Star Wars High Republic, I believe that comes out actually next week. Yeah, I'm excited for that as well. It's, it didn't make my list, but uh, it is an exciting time because to explore, because um, I know they're going to be doing comics and books in that era. So and a TV show, obviously, a couple of TV shows, obviously. Mm-hmm. Alex, did you watch Mandalorian? Nope. You would like. I've this. been meaning to do it. I just haven't done it. You would like it. You don't have to know much about Star Wars to enjoy it. I, that's what I was telling my <laughs> wife. I, she was she was like, "Can I watch this show?" And I was like, "She's like, do I need to know about Star Wars?" I go, "Not really." For the record, everyone who is listening to the show, I have seen all nine movies. I've enjoyed two of them, maybe even if that. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I will. I do want to watch Mandalorian. I just haven't gotten into it. 
Which and two? I know everyone loves that Baby Yoda thing. I can't see it. I don't know what it is. I want to see the badass dude in the suit. So that's the only reason I'll watch what, it. What two do you enjoy? Uh, Empire Strikes Back is good. I guess I only have one. Sorry. <laughs> that's Boom. the only one that I actually think I enjoy. New Hope I've seen a couple times. It's good. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's okay. That's not that is exciting for me. And obviously... First three, who gives a shit? Uh, last three, I don't give a shit. So, I'll stick with just Empire. <laughs> One. What's your number three? Uh, my, sorry, we got too busy thinking about Star Wars. I forgot about Transformers Beast Wars. Uh, Eric Burnham and Josh Burcham doing the art and the, uh, the writing. I only put this book on my list for the fact that growing up, Beast Wars was my only site of ever Transformers. When I see Megatron as a T-Rex, it makes me super excited. It makes me want to know if they're going to go as far into the book as they did into the show. Uh, I'm super pumped. Like That's one of those books that... That's what Turtles is going to be. Like, what Turtles used to be. Nostalgia. This is what this book is going to be. This is going to be Garrett's uh, Injustice. I don't even know if it's going to tie into other Transformers. I don't care. I just want to watch everybody turn into animals and fight. <laughs> and then I want to hear them. Let them fight. Um, my number three is Detective Comics uh, 1034, uh, also in March. Uh, Mariko Tamaki as a writer and Dan Mora as the artist. Um, I love Mariko Tamaki's writing. Um, you know, I read that young Bruce Wayne novel um, and uh, Supergirl being super by Mariko. And then Dan Mora. I mean... I don't do I have to say any more, even though I am disappointed we didn't get a Klaus issue this year. Um, WTF, Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. I get it. Dan's doing a lot of covers, but I need me some Klaus every year. You give me that gift every year. Where is it this year? Well, Santa's been busy saving the world, so he couldn't have a book yet. Well, <laughs> maybe they're, maybe they're going to do a New Year's Klaus, but fix it i want them to do a valentine's day klaus like do a do a combination of not only is it klaus but now you get like the easter bunny or you get cupid or something like that so you can go to his girlfriend's dead grave horrible idea hey hey he could bring her back as a toy (laughs) (laughs) not like that okay sick fuck my number two is a book already mentioned on the show here uh, so I will say this, um, Garrett's been talking about Tom Taylor for a long time and, uh, uh, Alex decided to jump on Suicide Squad when he did and you guys were talking about how great that book is. So I think for once I'm going to, uh, take the advice and start on a book that Tom Taylor is going to be starting. So that'll be Nightwing starting with issue 78 plus, uh, uh, it has one of my favorite characters, Nightwing. Uh, Dick Grayson, and uh, the previews for that issue uh, look fucking beautiful. I don't know if you guys have seen them yet, um, but it looks great. So that is definitely a book that I'm excited to get into. It almost has like the panel layout. I'm sure the story won't go in the same direction. I don't think, really think it's even going to have anything to do with that, but the panels at least have the kind of action uh, that we saw in Grayson. Um, and so, and the, but the color palette is like beautiful. So I'm very excited to uh, jump on 
to the Nightwing. So, I I may or may not jump on with you guys. It's not on my list, hey, but hearing you, you say, both getting it interests me. Garrett, did you say that Bruno did the art for that Suicide Squad? Um, he did on some issues. Oh, okay. So, Alex and in Justice and Deceased. Which is kind of fun, though, that he's getting brought over with Tom Taylor, but like it's a package deal. Yeah, because we're Team Dick, not Rick. So, boom. Uh, my number two is Young Hellboy and the Hidden Island, Hidden Land. I didn't write the second part; I just put Young Hellboy. Apparently, uh, by Mike Mignola, collaborating with Tom Snigoski, sorry, artist Craig Russo and Dave Stewart on colors, because you know it's gonna be beautiful then. Uh, it's only a, a four-issue run, but I have not been getting Hellboy and the BPRD for probably a solid year. I always get the winter special, but I haven't been picking up any class, any regularly scheduled issues. So I thought, I'm going to get me on the uh, a four-issue run, which honestly isn't any different than what it normally is, but I saw it was young Hellboy, and that interests me. See what trouble he gets into. Uh, my number two is Batman Urban Legend, written by Chip Zarsky. Do it, Marvin. Chip Zarsky. Um, <laughs> Matthew Rosenberg, Stephanie Phillips, and Brandon Thomas, with art by Eddie Barrows, Marcos Toe, Ryan Benjamin, Laura Braga, and Max Dunbar. Um, this is exciting because obviously Chip Zarsky uh, hasn't done a lot of DC in a while. I've then see him creep in some of those like the Dark Knights, uh, Death Metal, and some other like annuals for uh, DC Comics. So he's starting to dip his toes into the DC pool. And uh, this Batman Urban Legends is basically a street level telling of Batman and his allies in Gotham. So, you know, with Chip doing such a great job over on Daredevil, I feel like he can apply that same kind of street level action and um grit to this batman urban legend book um and i there's also you know brandon thomas uh, who we know from uh, Wildstorm, or not Wildstorm from horizon uh you know the book where i named letters call <laughs> no big deal um uh <laughs> and then eddie barrows from detective comics uh and some other artists there so i'm excited for a more kind of like you know, Batman Black and White, where it like, tells multiple stories in Gotham City, but at a much more street level. So I'm excited for that. Uh, my number one <clears throat> was also mentioned before, prior, uh, also by Garrett. Detective Comics uh, by Marco Tamiki and Dan Mora. Uh, we got a little taste of it in that Batman uh, 10... 37? 37? No. What was that issue? Detective 1027? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a little taste of that in the casebook story of that uh, celebration issue. And uh, it was not only the best thing inside that celebration issue, but it was the most intriguing thing. And I think we even all said in that review, I was like, I wish I got more of this story. I wish I could have more of this. And you know what? The DC God said, all right, you got it. So uh, how can I say no? Uh, so I'm very excited to get on that. It very does look like a return to form to the more detective side of Batman uh, that's been kind of missing for a little bit here. And so I'm excited to see uh, Dan Mora and Marco, Mar- excuse me, Mariko Tamiki's uh, detective comics. Alex. 
so Garrett already heard of what my number one is going to be. Uh, it is not a confirmed book, but it is a hopeful book for 2021 because it has been gone for two and a half, almost three years. Uh, and that's Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and art by Fiona Staples. I Deep down inside, even if it's the last week of December, I'm holding out hope that this book comes out in 2021. Boom! Might drop. <laughs> well, as there is no surprise, I am excited. My number one spot is, and this is cheating as it's two in one, but Action Comics and Superman, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson uh, from the new Last Gods Black series um, for DC, and with art by Phil Hester and Eric Gasper. And as we know, I mean, holy crap, I wish. You know, we were when we were talking to Phil for uh, SuperCon that we would have had an inkling that he was going to be on the Superman book because I probably would have like, I would have just freaked out and been like, "Dude, you're going to be drawing Superman!" Like, you know, he did that Endless Winter special, and now he uh, is going to be doing the art for Action Comics and Superman at least in March because that the first two issues of Phil Kennedy Johnson's storyline is a back to pack. Uh, story that takes place in action in Superman. So, uh, so exciting because let's be honest, Bendis has been a slog ever since he came in and took over from Tomasi and Gleason. Uh, the book's been cockapoo And I read, I read Action Comics, the Bendis's last Superman issue yesterday, and I was just like, okay, I'm so fucking glad it's over. So, uh, you, know what, Alex. you know what the worst thing about that Superman garbage was? Was that we had Man of Steel, which was six issues long. And that really was cockapoo-poo. Right. Yeah, that's the only thing Bendis gave us in his entire Superman run was cockapoo-poo. And so you liked yeah. you liked action for a little bit, didn't you? I did like action for a little bit. And he did do some fun things with Metropolis. Uh, and uh, I think the fire chief's name was like Melody Moore or something like that. And she was a great character until, spoiler, she got killed off. Um and then this whole House of Kent storyline, garbage. And there was the Sinmar storyline with like an alien replicant Superman, garbage. So I'm ready for someone else. Because like I've heard that Last Gods book has been amazing. And I'm excited to see uh, how Phil Kennedy Johnson's Superman arc takes off. So. Um, <clears throat> uh Alex, I don't know if you agree with me, but um, I think I've heard this from Garrett before. But he said, hey, this last thing was bad, but I'm looking forward to the future of Superman. It reminds me of SpongeBob when they say to that old guy, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? And that's what's happening to Garrett. It beats him down. <laughs> Superman year one. Bennis is Superman. All right. Before that, what did he have? Who knows? Who cares? I'm just kidding. But I, can, but, but I gotta give Garrett credit. At least he sticks with something, knowing that it's not always good. At I, least the, I, haven't, I haven't read any Kennedy stuff. Hey, the old man also sticks with it, right? Gets beat up. That's true. Um, I actually did get a response from Phil, and he said, it is so, it is, uh, Family Tree is ending in issue 12. He already exactly what he wrote on Twitter. Um, it's so, Jeff knows when and how to end them. Yeah, so he said 12, it's done. So there you go. I would say exclusive, but it wasn't the solicit that was ending. So. 
<laughs> but you confirmed. Uh, it's not a typo. Uh, that's top five for 2021. I will say anybody has any suggestions, WednesdayComics605 at gmail.com. That's the email address. Or give us a ring-a-ding-ding, 605-215-1849. Or go to WednesdayComics.com and click on the message button to send us a message that way. I will say, and I look, look, look for anything that was in DC and Marvel, <clears throat> especially since my, you know, four out of the five were going to be DC and Marvel to find kind of like smaller independent things to kind of be excited for. Because those usually turn out to be the things that I actually do enjoy uh, when I do read them. Um, but I really couldn't find anything. And maybe that's just because DC and Marvel have a bigger marketing uh, um, plan. And so they push that stuff out super early and the, the independent stuff kind of creeps up on us. But if you have any... Uh, insight into something coming out in 2021 you want us to know about that's the way to contact us also on twitter at wednesday comics that's where you can contact us as i stated before uh that's where the uh, phil hester contacted us also that's at wednesday comics or you can find garrett at garrett <laughs> garrett you can find garrett at garrett 2188 alex at alex Mastrello, and me at marvin underscore saguero also look in the notes has all our contact information if you forget about that but oh, let me say this the facebook thing don't try to contact us that way. That's only Garrett, and I doubt he knows how to read those messages. So, um, <laughs> uh, any of the other ways. Hey, I'm just saying the truth. Uh, Garrett went on there to change a couple things, and I doubt he checks it in any other time. So, uh, I don't check those messages. <laughs> Probably uh, Theodore and uh, Bob and uh, whatever. What, his, who's who's whatever yeah? Who, who's that dog of a mother of Theodore's? What's her name? We, she, doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't have a name. Just Theo's mom. She goes by. Oh well, I that's what she goes mom. by. That's all she's known by as Theo's mom. Well, I'll, I'll see if she calls in next weekend. Maybe she'll have. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, remember Bob's dead. Bob did die. Bob felt Bob died in that building flip over. <laughs> he did. Listen to the last episode of the show if you want to know what we're referring to. Theo's still alive because he ran out of the building when I slapped him. Uh, Theo's uh, mom is still alive because she was in the back cooking food, but the father Robert he's dead. Yeah, so he was too busy enjoying his uh, steak and uh, the walls caved in on him. Uh, but we blame Jimmy for that, not us. Uh, dot com and RainbowComicsAndCards.com dot com your two definitive places for a Swamp Thing and comic books. Uh, so go there, RainbowComicsAndCards.com dot com to get your comic books, cards, and collectibles. RootsOfSwampThing.com to get your taste of the green. Uh, always better with the green. You know, it's not easy being green. That's what I heard from a Kermit one time. It's not easy being green, but somebody's got to do it, and that's a Swamp Thing. As Alex mentioned, can have his own series in 2021 in March, so you got to go to the website and get a little history of the green. There, is, I mean, he does have on there the history of Swamp Thing, so if you want somewhere you can go, uh, I don't trust Wikipedia. You know, fuck Wikipedia. Uh, anybody could update that. This is from the Guinness Book of World Records holder for the most Swamp Thing memorabilia, John Boyland. And I believe John's word over Wikipedia. I don't even know who put that together. You know who put that together? Probably, you know, uh, Arcane. He put that together. And if you don't know, and if you don't know who that is, that's why you need to go to rootsoftheswampthing.com. Uh, we have a book club. Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Invincible Volume 1 Family Matters, written by uh, Robert Kirkman with art by Corey Walker. 
and we are reviewing it next week. Next week, so 605-215-1849. Send us your feedback on that book, WednesdayComics605 at gmail.com or at WednesdayComics.com. Click on the message button to send us that way. Um, <clears throat> uh, the benefit of doing it through the website is you can obviously record it at your own pace and then send it in. The phone one, you'll get our secretary. Uh, she was not at the party. I did invite her, but she did not show up. Uh, 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 Greta. Um, she'll answer and just tell you that we're not available and to leave a message. And then you can leave us a message once you hear the beep. You know, the old style. You know, leave a message after the beep. Uh, maybe I'll have Theo record a message. You know, he could be our new secretary, I think. Um, He's dead. No, he left the building. When I slapped him. He's, you know what? You don't know what happened to him after he left that building. He's out there somewhere running about, you know, with uh, his $5,000 check that he's trying to give to Garrett, you know. <laughs> I hope he freezes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, if there's a blizzard coming tomorrow. He, he'll probably be a snowman for a couple weeks. Uh, for Wednesday Comics, looking forward to 2021. We'll see you in the next year. My name is Marvin. I'm Alex. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone, stay safe. Drink safety. Keep reading those pages. Nope, turn, fuck. Keep turning those pages. I haven't, had to say the, <laughs> I haven't even had to say the other ones, and I still can't say it right. Mm-hmm.